Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey listeners, as you are relaxing this holiday weekend, I hope that you'll enjoy listening to this episode with Dr. John Kim about he approaches wellness. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Dr. John Kim, is the owner and pharmacist in charge of Robinson Drug and Compounding Center. His interest in compounding grew since his early days of pharmacy school, which led him to complete his pharmacy externship at the Professional Compounding Center of America, PCCA, in Houston. After obtaining his doctor of pharmacy degree, he completed his fellowship in anti-aging and regenerative functional medicine from the American Academy of Anti-Aging. Dr. Kim actively lectures in pharmacist educational events in a matter of functional medicine, cannabis medicine, and complementary therapies in treating complex disease states. John, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Hello, it's an honor to be here. I'm very excited about this podcast because uh, it's always a passion of mine to discuss about alternative ways that our pharmacists could actually make a huge impact in patients' lives. So I appreciate this invite and uh, yeah, let's get, let's get the interview started. Awesome. Well, before we get started, I just wanted to see if there was anything else that you wanted to add in from that I may have missed from that intro, maybe, you know, where, where you're, where you're calling in from, uh, and where your neck of the woods, as we say. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, crazy thing is I own one of the oldest pharmacy in America. Uh, So Robinson drug shop, that's the original name was established back in 1870 mm. in a small town called Mendham, New Jersey. And Mendham in itself has a very historical area where uh, our first president, George Washington, actually reside in an inn that's next to the pharmacy. And hmm. he actually had stayed there for one evening and went all the way down to Philadelphia to get re- inaugurated as our first president. Uh, but, you know, Mendham in itself is a very, very rich history in that sense of that. And, and um, I was very fortunate to purchase an established pharmacy that's been here for 152 years now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're still growing and we're still also evolving. So just recently we moved our pharmacy uh, to a newer facility. And our new name of the pharmacy is Robinson Wellness Pharmacy. Because what I okay. envision in terms of what the pharmacy is having at this point in time, it's not about dispensing medications, right? Right. It's about changing the overall dynamic discussion as well as the culture of the pharmacy into wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I she kind of had a, went to a rant on Instagram uh, last week <laughs> where why in our pharmacy education, we always talk about pharmaceutical uh, care mm-hmm. as being the optimization. Why can't we optimize patients' well-being and looking at nutrition aspect in terms of how to optimize um, our overall micronutrients? overall mm-hmm. inflammation, how, how do we change our lifestyle, everything else that we are able to do because you know we always end up having to pride ourselves being the, one of the most accessible healthcare, but then we haven't really stepped up to take that calling to the next level and changing patients' lives. We only are thinking about how much medications could we give, how much reimbursements are we looking at, 
those days are gone. And the thing is that our new pharmacy students are also getting burnt out looking at it and they're worried. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I really end up having to teach the pharmacy students is that, you know what, there's a different path, different ways to optimize patient's health. And we actually have the know-hows and the trainings and knowledge to make that impact. It's just how do we get into it is the biggest hurdle that uh, we always get worried about. And that's something that I was able to, fortunately, that I was able to have good mentors uh, that helped me to get to where I am, uh, you know, 15 years ago. Awesome. There's so much in that that we can unpack. So, uh, John, I love uh, first that you shared a little bit about the history of the pharmacy. Um, Very fascinating. And, um, yeah, so, so when did you graduate from, you know, where did you graduate, um, from, and, uh, was that 15 years ago you went straight into pharmacy ownership? Tell us a little bit more about, um, your, your journey there. And of course we love hearing, uh, you know, the importance of mentors. That's something that I think a lot of our guests, um, speak about. So, yeah, mentorship is one of the things that, every pharmacy student should have, or at least early part of their pharmacist career, because if you're not exposed to a good mentor in terms of what kind of work that they had done in terms of their overall career, I'm not talking about just pharmacy ownership, but the overall career choice that they had done and everything that goes that goes on, you need to have a good mentor to really show you the know-hows. And that's something that we always end up having to miss. And one thing that some of the pharmacy pharmacists have as a challenge is that they are so busy working mm-hmm. that years pass by and they're like, oh my God, like what did I have done with my career? Mm-hmm. Like you could shift that or at least move into a different form of career within the pharmacy or make an improvement of where you are based on who you get involved with. So, you know, you could tell about your overall success based on the group of people that are surrounding you. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like your friends. You want to have a good set of friends to be successful. Well, mm-hmm. you need to have a good set of mentors to be successful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very true. Um, so how how did you did your mentor kind of advise you on, you know, functional medicine has really become more popular uh, as of late, but you were certainly an early adopter, it sounds like, on that. Tell us, you know, how you knew about a fellowship in uh, functional medicine and and what made you decide to pursue that route? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I went to Rutgers Pharmacy School, so Ernest Mario School of Pharmacy. Uh, I did graduate in 2006, but before then, I was always interested about doing compounding. So that's Mm. basically my bread and butter, what I love to do. Uh, I was actually recognized as one of the young, innovative compounding pharmacists back in 2017 by PCCA. So those are things that I get really involved in and really passionate about. But one of the things that I saw within the field of compounding is that as compounding pharmacists, we think outside the box Mm -hmm. to take care of the customers, not in a ways in terms of what we think that it should be normalized as dispensing pills, but we think about the overall issue dealing with physiology, the disease states. We're talking about the, the biochemistry of the uh, disease states as well, but also how do we optimize the drug intake by utilizing different forms of uh, dosage forms. So, you know, we already have been ingrained in our compounding profession to be thinking outside the box. And one of the things that I got exposed early on is that some of the compounding pharmacists that I met through 
uh, certain other uh, professional organizations or even doing a rotation down in Houston, Texas, down at PCCA was that they already took their overall knowledge of nutrition and was teaching and as well as consulting patients early on. Now, we didn't call it functional medicine back in the day, right? We right. just said nutritional consultation, but they were already doing that. And mm -hmm. there was this gentleman named uh, Fred Emmett. He's actually a uh, pharmacist down in um, Houston, Texas. And he's the one who really taught me about how to optimize patients' lives based on how do we teach them about eating, reducing inflammation, mm -hmm. and as well as teaching me all about fish oils at that point in time. You know, mm -hmm. we talk about inflammation in our class uh, based on disease states, but we really haven't taught about how to reduce inflammation so this way we could reduce any disease states in, to begin with. So Fred, uh, the pharmacist that I had, was a great mentor to teach me about that aspect of it and then really getting into it. And then one thing that I wanted to know was, how do I get trained in it? So mm -hmm. uh, CCN, I think it was a, the, uh, the Certificate of Clinical Nutrition was very popular back in the day. It's not that popular anymore. And I was trying to find out, like, can I possibly do some type of other training, maybe a certificate or something all that line? And I had another mentor that I found through PCCA where he taught me to go to A4M, the American Anti-Aging uh, Medicine, and then go through the fellowship program that just established a year before. So I was probably one of the uh, early pharmacy pharmacists to get involved in the fellowship of anti-aging and functional medicine to know all about what I know now. Uh, and it was very fascinating getting right out of pharmacy school and then doing a two-year fellowship while I'm working as a company pharmacy uh, was great. It gave me two opportunities to network with different physicians who I still work with today, mm -hmm. uh, as well as looking at things in a much bigger picture rather than thinking just about dispensing that I as a company pharmacist or even just as a functional medicine pharmacist could make a humongous impact in patients' life by optimizing their overall health by wellness and coaching. Uh, that's something that I was exposed to early on. So again, is who you know, Mm -hmm. uh, who you meet, and as well as having an open heart and open mind that you're going to learn it each and way that you're going to go into. Because some of the students that I actually had in my rotation in my pharmacy is that some of them take on that particular message very well, and then some don't at all. Mm -hmm. And one thing is that one thing I noticed is like after catching up with them about three to five years within their professional career, mm. they're not very happy. Mm -hmm. And see, that, that that's the biggest difference in terms of a person in any profession you go into, are you willing to listen? Are you willing to learn and be humble to really realize that your overall limitation you actually have is set on you, that once you're open and, and have able to learn and willing to find those mentors, that is going to make a humongous difference in terms of uh, your overall career choice. And that also uh, went into my, my pharmacy ownership, and then able to take my pharmacy to where it is now and then going to the overall wellness field that yeah. I'm looking to really expand. Yeah. So, gosh, you hit on so many great points. Um, one of the things that I feel like I've, I've heard from students is, well, how do you find a mentor? Um, so I feel like asking you that question would be great because I, I, I assume you've got some good tips on that. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, if you could get into these professional organizations like um, NCPA actually has great, um, you know, functional medicine 
startups now. They have uh, one of my colleagues, Lara Zachariah, PharmD. Uh, she's doing a lot of these uh, lectures for NCPA at this point. But you can find them nowadays on online. I mean, I'm, I'm very active on social media. Mm-hmm. My colleague Lara is also. And so you have all these, you know, well-versed PharmDs that are having the uh, you know functional medicine background. Those people you can actually reach out to and then kind of really hear and listen how they got into that particular field and then, you know, how they could get involved as well. And I know um, uh, another PharmD, Lauren Castle, she actually has a functional mm-hmm. medicine um, organization that actually has been training pharmacists to get into this field. Uh, and so that's another great um, mentor to reach out to. So, I mean, everybody's open. It's all about you know, your comfort level and <laughs> dropping that guard and really getting to know that person and then really realize you know how they got into that field. Uh, another person that I really look up to is uh, Jim Lavelle, uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Jim Lavelle. He's a, ph- as a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he got into doing uh, naturopathic medicine. So he combines pharmacy with naturopathic medicine. And he's probably one of the foremost authorities in functional medicine and, and metabolic medicine that he's doing right now. And it's wonderful. Every time I, I listen to his lecture, I, I get something new out of him. Mm-hmm. So again, it's everybody's out there. It's about, are you willing to get out there and then find those mentors? Yes. And for listeners, we've had a few of those that he mentioned as guests. Uh, Jim Lavelle has been a guest and so has Lauren Castle. So um, yes, we like to try to 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 get guests who are doing some innovative things, uh, just like John here is. So, John, um, you know we've got an aging population, and um, you know speaking back to your regenerative anti aging, what's really your sweet spot for patients? Like, are you seeing um, more people who are wanting to come in, f- like that are kind of middle aged and just want to kind of get a tune up or get get healthier right then are you are you seeing more of that aging population well i i do have a very well mixed mm-hmm. set of patients um i still get a lot of referrals for menopause patients coming in sure right so it's not just about fixing their hormone but also fixing their gut function the overall metabolic matters that they actually have and the adrenal function that they're having trouble with so you know you're already not just doing hormones, but hormones, you have to look at the functional side of all things as everything in an optimal function. If your gut is not functioning well, well your, your hormones are not going to be affected uh, that well either. So those are things that we could easily do uh, and really implement that functional medicine approach when you see a patient for a consult and also provide the needs of hormones that you need to do. Mm-hmm. And then now, uh, being that I got much more exposure and experience in taking care of uh, mold toxicity, and as well as um, Lyme disease. I see those patients and consult them and how to manage their symptoms and as well as the detox pathway um, and utilizing certain herbals. And so those are things that now I'm getting really into. So it's not just about the aging population. I and mean, that's something that I was interested in. But now my overall exposure in doing functional medicine is very wide and broad uh, that I'm seeing a lot more complex cases of patients coming in dealing with autoimmune disorders, Lyme disease. I've seen uh, already a few patients dealing with autism uh, disorders that uh, they want our pharmacy to optimize their nutritional intake. Um, In many cases, we may have to compound certain things uh, as well as hormones. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. It's just really, you got to have the 
openness to take on some of these cases. And then um, you get to learn from a lot and really thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, PCCA maybe um, and all mm-hmm. the different things that uh, pharmacists can learn through that or are there other routes of, of kind of keeping up to date on compounding? Oh, absolutely. So PCCA, Professional Compounding Center of America, they're the foremost authority in teaching everything dealing with compounding, consulting, as well as providing some of the best chemicals out there for us to make the best doses for them for the patients that they need them. Uh, so one of the good things about PCCA from the early on is that they were very formal, uh, very early on to adapt the model of education. So, you know, obviously Jim Lavelle was one of the speakers that I got exposed to at, at um, PCCA, but they have other you know, guests, uh, speakers to come in and teach them about functional medicine and as well as uh, certain other topics dealing with dermatology, autoimmune disorders, utilizing naltrexone, mm-hmm. um, a lot of things like that. So if you're going to go into compounding, I would highly recommend everybody to go to PCCA, take their boot camp training. Uh, even students out there right now could actually get into that because that's how I got into compounding. I mean, I was lucky enough to work for a compounding pharmacist early on, but when I wanted to learn something, I actually reached out to PCCA, and then I did my uh, compounding boot camp for two days straight, and I fell in love with it. And that was one of the main reasons why I was able to you know, meet some of the pharmacists there, and they gave me the, the tidbits, and I still talk to them this day. I mean, Renee Prescott, she was my uh, preceptor, but also she was the one who trained me on doing compounding when I was down at PCCA, mm-hmm. right? So you get to learn a, a lot of it. I mean, I've been in, in the profession for almost a little past 15 years at this point in time, but you get to learn a lot based on who you get exposed to and mm-hmm. join the right group is where you start. So PCC is number one. Yeah. I love it. Joining the right group. Um, all right. So John, what are some of the things, uh, affecting, you know, some of the issues that are top of mind for, people in the, the compounding and, and functional medicine space right now. Um, you know, cause a lot of times, uh, there that may or may not be covered by insurance. Um, what are some of the other issues that, um, need to be considered? Oh, wow. Uh, that could, that, that could be a, an hour long discussion, but hopefully <laughs> I could, you know, sum it down to very uh, short period of time that I have. Well, the biggest issue is the regulatory aspect of it, mm-hmm. right? So there were some bad players within our compounding field where that led to number of patients dying as being hurt. Right. And so you know, FDA got involved in terms of controlling the aspect in terms of the safety. Mm-hmm. You know, our compounding field has been always all about safety, but there's always a bad apple out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been very difficult in terms of uh, providing the right care for patients. There's been also a limitation of certain chemicals that are that was available, uh, not available anymore for patients to be utilizing, uh, you know, such as Domperidone, which was a very good for gastroparesis. Uh, we use that for lactation support as well, but that's no longer available. Uh, so those are things that end up having to be a limitation of it. But one of the things that I that I've seen a more worrisome on my end because I do hormones is bioidentical hormone replacement therapy that the FDA is trying to control and ban in certain cases. That is going to be only limited up to patients who are 
having allergies to the manufactured products. You, know, you got to remember that mm-hmm. we always have to remember that everybody individually are different. Mm-hmm. That every customized therapy dealing with hormones is vital for patients' well-being. And this is one of the things that the lawmakers and the regulatory bodies do not understand. And then uh, they, in certain cases, they're not willing to listen to us uh, because of the fact that we're such a small player. But you know, when in an inclusion culture that we actually have right now, why are we neglecting those patients who are really needing it? And as well as putting a limitation for the compounding pharmacies who are able to bring that particular solution to those patients. I mean, we got to be very open-minded in that sense. If, if we're an innovative country, an innovative uh, field of medicine that we actually are at, we should be also be innovative in terms of opening our mind and having those particular therapies be opened uh, to patients to try and utilize and really get to a customized approach for patients. We, we always talk about individual approach. Well, hormone should be number one there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, gosh, especially in the day age of personalized medicine and, and all of that, um, why wouldn't we be able to, to customize, you know, Primarin or whatever it might be, um, to more patient specific needs? Um, that's really helpful. So, um, any other things that, you know, we need to know kind of, as uh, as key takeaways um, in the the world of, of functional medicine and compounding. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I mean, just kind of add on to the point that I was just making before. Just because of the limitation we actually have, and and we, we're talking about Premer, for instance, that is a synthetic conjugated estrogen. Mm-hmm. Um, going getting that from a, a pregnant horse to begin with, and so it's not per se a bioidentical. It actually causes more issue down the line than anything, that when we're doing these type of hormone replacement therapy, even the practitioners as, as you know, doctors are prescribing it, they should be able to have the over-accessibility of these bioidentical hormone replacement therapy that could customize for patients so this way the overall patients get a safer approach in doing a hormone replacement therapy, but as well as being customized. Mm-hmm. And really looking at the benefit of the patient, you know, uh, in more of an approach in doing that. So it becomes a better experience for overall. And I I don't think the overall lawmakers end up having to understand that aspect of it at all. And so right now we're we're doing a campaign at this point in time, especially getting in a podcast and educating people. That's the number one priority that uh, we have to be the voice and really, you know, talking with your lawmakers uh, and, you know, reaching out to the FDA and as well as supporting the compounding pharmacists, uh, we actually have a professional organization, um, uh, this organization that we end up having to right now, you know, building up uh, funds to you know, fight off the FDA in terms of the legal battle we actually have, because it's not even just our profession, it's the overall accessibility for patients, because we have millions of patients who are on hormone therapy, they are getting great benefit from it. And if you, get, if you take that away, the benefit is going to go away at the same time. And when you talk about functional medicine, functional medicine is all about the root cause issue. Root mm-hmm. cause, well, root cause is one thing, but then also you also have to think about how to customize a therapy to tackle those root cause issue. Bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is part of that thing. So we can't just have functional medicine without having a customized hormone replacement therapy. 
Mm-hmm. Hmm. Fascinating. Well, John, uh, as our final question that I like to ask all of our guests, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career? Hmm. Early on, um, hmm. don't be afraid of making these changes that you need to. I think we get too scared about what a person would think of us when we pick a certain career or a certain path that we need to. Um, I was always shy about my overall voice and uh, making the impact that I need to do in my patients' lives that I sometimes felt that looking back that I limited myself. And so if you could get rid of the overall self-limitation as an early practitioner, I think that'll suit you very well for the future. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, John, uh, we learned a lot about, you know, mentors and who you, you know, surround yourself with. Uh, and of course, you know, don't be afraid uh, and making our voice heard. So lots of great things uh, that listeners can can learn from this interview. And thank you for being uh, an innovator and, you know, getting out there and doing some of these things and really pushing the uh, vision for wellness um, forward um, because that is kind of the future of, of healthcare and what pharmacists can certainly uh, play a, a big role in. So it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Hilly, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your